There's a God in heaven who's standing with Jesus Christ, and one of these days He's coming back to take the church back home. Hallelujah! It's a day to rejoice. It's a day to give thanks. It's a day to worship the Lord. And it's my hope and my prayer this morning that you'll worship Him with me. We've about had revival this morning with prayer, and I'm telling you right now, I'm excited. God is good. Amen? Well, it was so good to see each and every one of you. It's such a blessing to have you here with us. If you're visiting with us this morning, we want to welcome you. Ask you to take time to fill out those visitor cards. You'll find in front of you, place in the obvious place, and come around to meet that direction of visit. We would greatly appreciate that. If you're joining us online this morning, we want to welcome you as well and ask you to consider being right here in the sanctuary with us. Experience what God is doing in our Sandy Baptist Church and come and get involved. There's always something going on there at RABC and something for you to get plugged into. So with that being said, I do have some announcements I want to share with you. Of course, today, in just a little while, we're going to observe the ordinance of baptism. So you took a great day to visit if you're visiting with us. If you're online, it's a great day to watch and get to see some baptism. And of course, some of you are here to watch your loved ones get baptized. Praise God. Come along and watch that. Also, though, let it be a, a time of renewal for you. If you're one of those who says, I need to get my relationship with God right, I need to get back with Christ, let it be a picture of what you need to do of dying to yourself and coming back to Jesus Christ. Be a part of that. All right, so what's happening at Rock Saturday is to get involved in. Well, number one, today at 430, we're going to have our choir practice in the, in the uh, choir room. And then following at 6 o'clock, we'll have an evening worship service right here in the sanctuary. Uh, coming up on Tuesday, y'all, we'll have our ladies' Bible study at 9.30, Tuesday evening. Uh, we'll have ladies' Bible study again at 6.30. And, of course, Wednesday morning, we'll have an intercessory prayer right here in the sanctuary at 11.30. And then we'll have our Wednesday night Bible study prayer service right here in the sanctuary at 6.30. And don't forget men's Bible study on Thursday at 6.30. But we do have a couple of extra things that are coming up that I want to share with you. Uh, Saturday night, April 22nd, you'll know, you'll take a look inside of your bulletin. You're going to find that you've been invited, get you, have been invited to Matt Perry's Bookhouse. And the address is inside there in your bulletin. It's going to start about 6 p.m., something about 8 p.m. It's what we call a inspiration. So come and bring your favorite song. In fact, I read in there, bring your musical instrument. But let me tell you right now, no. And let me say it again, absolutely no. No, 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 bagpipe. No bagpipes. So bring your music instrument, pick out your favorite song, sing with us, worship you. It's a great time of fellowship, and that's going to be at Matt's house, and I want to encourage you to be there. But before that happens, at 10 o'clock, inside of the fellowship hall, the Robert uh, Baptist Church uh, Vacation Bible School will be meeting for a volunteer orientation. Uh, first meeting there, so you want to be there, be a part of that, so we're volunteer to do the yes. You need to get with Sister Rosalia, and you need to be there at that training, September 12th.
some awareness of titles for you to see. And so you can actually get involved there and kind of contact those ministries to get involved in it. And speaking of those ministries, it's a brand new one that's starting out, coming up here soon, just a few weeks, right around the 1st of May. You'll find out we'll be teaching a class called Experiencing God. And so there's a sign-up sheet already out before you, right there on the table. If you're interested in that, you can do that class, Pastor. It's a class on knowing and doing the will of God. Interested in that? Go ahead and sign up for it. There's a, a price for the book, uh, but come and be a part and sign up in there. We'll get those books as soon as we can. And it is a wonderful and powerful class, and I want to encourage you to attend. Even if you've been through it once before, come and be a part of it again. It is a great, great, great class. It's going to be Monday evening, uh, starting in May. So please, carefully consider being a part of that. With that being said, I think that it for our announcement. So let's go ahead and go to the Lord in prayer. And after we pray, we please rise and welcome one another. Father God, we come to you now in Jesus' name. We give you thanks for this day. Thank you for your Son. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. And I pray, Lord God, that Spirit will fill each and every one of us. Every born-again, blood-bought Christian here today, let us worship you in truth and spirit. And every visitor, Lord, that doesn't know you, may today be the day they do come to know you. Let there be revival this morning, Lord. Let us worship you and let us give you the glory and the praise and the honor. Be with those, Lord God, who are traveling those Lord who are sick and those who can't be with for any reason and bring them safely back again to us Lord to worship you as we give you that praise and as we go down to our time of worship which is Jesus name we pray Amen. Please rise and welcome one another.
believer. Baptism is a picture of what Jesus ought to get in their heart. The Bible tells us in the book of Colossians, chapter 3 and verse 12, we are buried with him in baptism, wherein also ye are risen with him to the faith of the operation of God who has raised him from the dead. And you, being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, have been quickened together with him.
love it indeed. Isn't it great to laugh in the house of the Lord? And so I, I love it when the choir makes a mistake and people always point the fingers and say, you know, you just didn't do it right. But let me tell you something. If you are in the church and you're looking for perfect people, you're in the wrong church. If you're in the church where you're looking for imperfect people, then you're in the perfect place. Hallelujah. So do we make mistakes? Absolutely. But let me tell you something. My Jesus can change those mistakes. Either way, I love it and I appreciate all the choir and the hard work they do. So, as you can see, we need to help to consider going to us this afternoon at 4.30. Oh, if you have your Bibles with you, turn to please to the book of Ezekiel, chapter 14. Ezekiel, chapter 14. Him the most. I told you, I said, no, it was King Solomon. 
Keep Solomon, God used the most. Keep Solomon. Perhaps Solomon served as an example of not what to do. But he also had a lot of good things to do. Keep Solomon, wisest man in the Bible. The wisest person now. Solomon, who wrote things like Proverbs, who wrote wonderful statements. Oh, there's so much to read by. So how could he feel that? Ezekiel 14, verse 14 says, Even if these three men, Noah, Daniel, and Job, were in it, they would deliver only themselves by the life of the God is looking at the world through the prophet Ezekiel, and Ezekiel and God come together, and this is their conclusion. If, if these three were in the world, Daniel bore that great fruit. Daniel also taught his three other associates 
heard of Daniel in the lion's den. You've heard of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fiery furnace. You've heard of the great dream of Daniel in the You know Daniel was used mightily by God. Well, Ezekiel mentions another one. He mentions Noah. So this is the Genesis 6 9. Now, what do you mean? This is the genealogy of Noah. The Bible says this is God speaking about Noah. This is the genealogy of Noah. Noah was a just man. Perfect. And he kept that perfect in his generation. Noah walked with God. Noah was perfect. Perfect. Now, perfect doesn't mean that he's absolutely positively uh, perfect. What it means is that he is upright. He is just. The Bible tells us in Genesis 6 verse 9 that he walked with God. Now, think about that for a second. What makes Noah good in God's eyes is that Noah walked with God. I want to ask you a question this morning. Are you walking with God? Or are you walking with you? Noah walked with God. Noah was upright. Noah cared about his relationship with God. Noah cared about his family's relationship with God. And God looked down at Noah and said, He's a just man. Just. He cared about justice. He cared about justice. Right now, we live in an upside down world where fairness has become the new justice. Fairness. Say, Pastor, what do you mean by that? Let me tell you something about fairness. God is not interested in fairness. God is interested in justice. What is justice? Justice is righteousness. Are you hearing me now? Justice is righteousness. You might be saying, well, fairness is righteousness. No, no, no. No, you have, as a Christian, every advantage over everything in this world. You have the Word of God, you have the Spirit of God, and you've got an advantage over anything in this world. And it's not fair that you have the Holy Ghost according to the world. Thank you. 
was the greatest of those prophets. For he who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he who is Jesus. And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. For all the prophets and the law prophesied until John. And if you are willing to receive it, he is Elijah who is come. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. But to what shall I like in this generation? Like children sitting in the marketplace and calling to their companions and saying, We played the flute for you and you did not dance. We mourned for you and you did not have lamentations. But John came neither eating nor drinking, and they say he has a demon. So a man came to you drinking and would say, Look, a glutton and a wine bibber, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. But wisdom is justified by her children. Now, if we're going to learn some DC lessons for our agents ministry, then we need to look at John the Baptist. And before we go a little bit further into John the Baptist, then we need to understand a little bit about John the Baptist. He was an interesting and amazing guy. He comes out of the wilderness, the Bible says, so we really don't know literally where he rears from. We know who his mom is, we know who his dad is, and because of him, we know who his family is. He is a Levite, and he comes out of Levitical training. He grows up in a Levitical household until he makes his way into the desert. Perhaps some scholars have said perhaps he ends up in the sect of the Essenes. We don't know. But we do know this for certain. He comes out of the wilderness and he begins preaching. And as he begins preaching, the whole world comes out to hear him. And his message is powerful, yet it's short. It's powerful, yet it's short. And some people say, Pastor, you need to learn lessons from John the Baptist make your sermon short. <laughs> we need to look at John for just a minute. Jesus said there's none greater than John the Baptist. Not one born of man greater than John. And let me tell you a little bit about John. John's message was amazing. You want to hear what John's message was? It was repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. We need gospel preachers who will stand up again and say repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Instead of getting up saying come to God and he'll fix your problems. Come to God and he'll change things around. No, no, no. You need to repent because the kingdom of God is at hand. John teaches us that. In fact, that's Jesus' first sermon. Repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Repentance. Something that we don't value enough. Repentance. John begins preaching repentance. And so we have a picture of him. I like you to see there. Of John down in the river Jordan baptizing Jesus. Who you know the story? When he baptized Jesus and comes back up out of a sudden, the Spirit comes down like a dove, landing on Jesus. And a voice from heaven says, This is my son. A little before Christ crucifixion. 
after his death, after his resurrection ministry. There's a lot we can learn from John the Baptist. So look with me in John chapter 1. We're going to move quickly now in the scriptures, verses 19 to 23, as we look at our first point here. Now, this is the testimony of John. When the Jews kept preached the Levites from Jerusalem asked him, Who are you? He confessed and did not deny, but confessed, I am not Christ. And they asked him, What then? Are you Eliyah? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? And he answered, No. Then they said to him, Who are you? Then they give an answer to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? He said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. So let's take a look at our first point this morning. And it's a point that we need to learn. Each and every one of us, each preacher needs to learn. Each deacon needs to learn. Each teacher needs to learn. Each Christian needs to learn that when it comes to our identity in Jesus Christ, we need to quit acting like other people and start being ourselves. John the Baptist had no problem saying, I'm not the Christ, I'm not Elijah, I'm not that prophet, I'm just those John. And my message is simply, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. John didn't try to take any titles. Look at me now. He didn't try to take any titles or take any credit. He denied it. He said no. He said no. He wasn't interested in big churches. He wasn't interested in large crowds. He was interested in souls being saved. There are ways to many preachers today. Trying to be like Tony Evans. Trying to be like Billy Graham. Trying, trying to be like David Jeremiah or Alistair Begg. I don't know about you, but I know a few of them that try to be like Joel Osteen. I wish I had a voice like that. <laughs> You say, Pastor, I wish you had a voice like that too. We try to emulate them. We try to act like them. What deep down inside, we need to take the advice from John the Baptist. Be yourself. You can put a little taste of you in your ministry. In fact, you need to do that because that makes you who you are. Are you hearing me this morning? If you're going to be the Christian God has called you to be, the preacher God called you to be, the teacher God called you to be, then you need to start being your own minister. You need to start being your own preacher and quit trying to act like those other ones on television. God didn't call you to be them. God called you to be you. Abraham Lincoln said it best. He said, whatever you are, be a good one. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Whatever you're going to do, do it the best that you possibly can. If God calls you to preach, preach the best way you can. If God calls you to teach, teach the best way you can. If God calls you to witness, witness the best way you can. If God calls you, listen to me now, to reveal your testimony, then testify the best way you can. Quit trying to copy those guys on TV. You've got everything you need to know inside of God's Bible. Start acting like John the Baptist, not Joe Osteen. Yeah, hallelujah. There are way too many preachers today trying to be like Tony Evans. Way too many witnesses. Way too many people didn't get out there and write those sermons and say, I did it. Look what I did. No, you didn't. That guy on TV did. Trying to act like Billy Graham. Trying to act like David Jeremiah. Trying to act like Alistair Begg. They're trying to act like him when really all you need to be is who God calls you to be. Simple John the Baptist. John was so simple, he didn't need to worry about the clothes he wore. You need to be yourself in what God calls you to be. Are you hearing me this morning? You need to be yourself and don't try to involve yourself in ministries or projects that you weren't called to participate in. I think it's amazing. After 30 years of ministry, when young pastors get saved at Robinson Avenue or they come in and get involved at Robinson Avenue, the first thing they say is, move over, I'm here, pastor. You can step down now. And I'm like, well, you know, I still got a 
yourself. Don't try to involve yourself in ministries or projects that you weren't called to participate in. Did you catch the advice from John the Baptist? He said, I am not the Christ. He said, I am not the Christ. I'm not in the business of soul saving. I'm in the business of pointing you to the one who can save you, Jesus Christ. That's what you're called to do. That's what you're supposed to be. Let me remind you, you are not the Savior, Jesus. John straight up says, I am not the Christ. You know what else he does? He says, I'm not Elijah. Now, we heard Jesus testify. He said, if you are able to receive it, then this is the Elijah that would come. And so what does Jesus mean by that? And here's John saying, I'm not Elijah. Let me tell you something. They wanted Elijah to come back and act like Elijah. Say, well, what do I know about Elijah, Pastor? You know a lot about Elijah. Elijah was on Mount Carmel. Elijah had a contest with the prophets of Baal. Elijah there causing God to shoot down the fire and take up the offering. And of course, he led Israel into a revival. You remember the story? Oh, oh King Ahab had been uh, kind of bringing up trouble all throughout Israel. He had led the Israelites to start worshiping a foreign god and become idolaters. And Elijah comes. Now, Elijah's one of my favorite guys. Elijah ends up running to uh, running away after this contest. And let me tell you about Elijah, though, before we go any further. Elijah was a big, strong man with a big voice. At least that's how I look at him right there. He has a big voice. You say, Pastor, do you model yourself after Elijah? No. You think my voice is loud, and I believe you never heard the message of Elijah. Elijah's message was loud. Elijah's message was powerful. Elijah's message was charismatic. Elijah's message had a way of pulling people in. He stood on that mountain and he said, Let the God who is God answer by fire and the God of heaven, the God we know as Jehovah, answered by fire. And all of Israel said, The Lord, He is God. Let me tell you, that's how loud Elijah was. Of course, they wanted John the Baptist to be like that. Let's get into a contest. You can stand up and force Rome out of here. You can stand up and force idolaters out of here. And John the Baptist says, I'm not. My message is simple. Repent for the kingdom of God. I am not the Messiah. I'm not Elijah. He said, I'm not the prophet. People ask me all the time, what prophet are you talking about? The prophet from Deuteronomy 18. This is where Moses himself is speaking. God is speaking through Moses. And God actually says something amazing. He says, I will rise up amongst you a prophet just like me. Just like me. And you better listen to him because if you don't listen to him, then yet God will be cut off from his people of Israel. That's God speaking through Moses. And what God is saying is, I'm going to rise up a prophet. I'm going to rise up one just like me. God said, I'm going to rise up one just like me. Just like God. Jesus Christ. And you better listen to him. And here is John the Baptist saying, I am not that
when we try to tell God to do it our way. That's what happens when we step out of what God called us to be and start telling other people how to do it the way we think it should be done. You know what you end up doing? You end up hurting, not helping. Here's the picture, though. Here's the 
picture. John 8, love to dwell on it. Now, we've already seen some beautiful advice from John. We've already seen that we don't need to take anybody else's position, anybody else's spiritual authority. No, if God called you to preach, then you go in the authority of God and preach. If God called you to preach, then don't worry about what the other preachers are doing. You preach the message He has told you to Things I learned in Poland is that those guys walk everywhere. They're not walking their bicycles. If you keep on the bicycle, then you find another way to get there. And I, I do envy that. But at the same time, I look at the size of Poland versus the size of Texas, and I'm like, you know, there's a reason why we got cars in Texas. I ain't walking 37 miles. You know, Texas is a world all its own. I love Texas. We don't do distance in miles. We do distance in time away. How far is Dallas? We don't say 400 miles. We say four hours, five hours. How far is San Antonio? This far. How far is El Paso? Tomorrow. We do it like that. You say you ain't bicycling like that. Somebody say amen. You ain't walking like that either. You ain't taking an Uber that far. No way. John did eat milk. Something sweet about if you will repent and put your trust in Jesus Christ, you can live forever. 
they want of God is fixes all their problems. And they want them to be far, far away. I want to live in my sin. I want to stay in my sin. I want to love my sin. I'm going to bother me. God, until my heart is broken, then you better be perfect. That's the Part of a, a church to be, be ministered to and to minister in. 